0: What is going on, everybody? Man, I tell you what, if you didn't make it out to the small game hunt last weekend in 704, you missed out on a good time. We had The critters were moving, squirrels and rabbits. Man, we had a blast. It was a little bit warm for a January day. Uh, I think we got up into the low 80s, but you know, until it got too hot and the squirrels were moving good, we we had an absolute blast. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we still have some other great events coming up. Uh, we've got the Suwannee River Trip coming in um April 27th to May 1st uh and that's an absolute blast of a time it's 160 bucks uh, but that covers your breakfast and dinner every day on the trip plus your outfitter fees and uh the only thing you're paying for outside of that is if you need to rent a canoe that's an additional fee to the outfitter and we have to pay parking at Swanee River State Park and of course if you wanted to uh come up early and Get a camp spot, so on and so forth. The tickets for that are on sale on our website, uponation.co. We hope to see you guys there. Right actually, before that is the crawfish boil, which tickets are on sale uh, right now on our Facebook page. You can jump over to the event for the crawfish boil, and the tickets are available on Tin Can's website. Uh, all the, the you know, helping raise money for Tin Can, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Last year, we had over 300 people over 100 boats in the poker run like it was it was a great time and we're hoping to blow it up even bigger this year and that's going to be on april 13th at the jolly gator fish camp in geneva florida Uh, but this week we're joined by dakota higdon Uh, and he's a singer songwriter in nashville and and a turkey hunting troubadour so we talk a little turkey hunting talk a little um singing songwriting and and how country music connects to the outdoors or how he connects it to the outdoors and how it helps us connect to each other and just find our roots But before we get into that dude let me tell you if you have not already get yourself a hasmore outdoor products seat hop over to the website and check them out that is hands down the most comfortable climber seat this time of year in the winter and late season, it might seem like, man, it looks might look like it's gonna be cold because you really don't have anything under you but that netting. But <clears throat> they do offer a little pad that goes underneath there. And not that you need it for comfort, but it does help to kind of block the wind on the bottom, makes it that much better in the wintertime. And I kinda like it because it allows me to sit up even just a tad bit higher. I find it super comfortable. But you guys hop over to the website, grab a seat for your climber, use code UPO15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Well, let's go ahead and uh, roll in this episode. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure
1: Outdoors Podcast
0: so how do you like living up there in tennessee
2: man i love it i really do it's been uh it's definitely been a learning experience like we have just not only the music aspect of it, but just like I've never lived in a big city. I mean, it's like this place never stopped ever.
0: You know, the one thing I liked about the, the one thing that's nice about Nashville is fairly big city, but you don't have to go far to get out, to get away from it either.
2: No, no, not, not at all. Cause I mean, I live uh, about an hour and 15 minutes West of Nashville in Centerville. And, uh, where I'm at, man, it, like, it's uncomparable. I live on top of a mountain. I don't know my neighbors at all. They're miles on each side. It's nothing but wildlife management areas. We got about probably 20,000 acres out there, WMAs. And then we have, I mean, it's it's rivers. We live right there by the Duck River. There's more fishing and hunting to do out there than there is anything. That's all them people do is farm fish and hunt.
0: Oh, I know it. I know it. I, I miss living up there. I'd like to move back. Oh, uh-huh.
2: Out yeah, it's, one of these days. But uh, yes, yeah, sir, yes, yeah, sir. But it's it's not bad, man. It' been like you said, you can travel an hour, or forty five minutes. Even I know guys that live a little closer, and you can travel forty five minutes and be downtown on Broadway. Right. You know, this is quick in the thick of it.
0: Uh, well, I mean, let me before we get too far into all this, let me introduce who we currently have here at the table, and Lord knows who might show up in the next fifteen to twenty minutes. Or later. This show. Later. <laughs> yeah, or later. Uh, right now, I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got Briar here with me. Hey, y'all. I know Jordan's supposed to be reappearing in here somewhere at some point. Maybe Jim. I don't know. We'll find out here in a little bit. We'll see. And we're joined by Dakota Higdon all, Higdon, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. But that's not where you're from. That's just where you're at.
2: Nope, nope. I'm a, I'm a Jacksonville, Florida native. Growing up in Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, luckily i was about an hour outside of there too so it wasn't bad i lived in the woods out there uh most people don't know where McClinney Florida, is so uh, nope. jacksonville's the easy thing to tell them i understand McClenney. that i think i've heard of it yeah right I've here in Baker county there.
0: now and well, we got i i, Go I know i mean obviously we're gonna talk hunting and i know you've got a really interesting story because I've heard it probably fifteen times uh, <laughs> yeah, from yeah. hunting with my brother, and we'll we'll see. Let him tell that one. Get that one going when he comes in here. But how how did you get your start in the outdoors?
2: So my father, he uh, he, he started me probably at three, four years old. Uh, we started hunting. We was in the woods from the time we could walk. I mean, I remember being in a car seat running dogs when I was a kid, and uh, I ended up killing my first year at about. Five years old, I killed my first turkey at six. My first turkey, uh, he got me pretty good. I had a big 11 and three quarter inch bearded gobbler, he had inch and a half spurs come in, and he came in just as pretty as you could ask for. I mean, we caught him in the middle of the road right at daylight. He flew down with some hens and three jakes. Dad was calling for me, I was shooting on single shot 20 gauge, and uh. He come right down the road just as pretty as could be, gobbling his head off. As hard as he could come, he was fired up. We got him within about probably thirty yards. That old thing was shot ripped out, and Mm -hmm. he didn't ever. He kicked a couple times, and that was about all she wrote. So, it just it hooked me from a young age.
0: Yeah, I can I can imagine you get something that good. You know, my dad, my dad never was a big turkey hunter. I know he's killed. Well, the first turkey ever killed was he was. At the least, we had at that time in Georgia during turkey season, saw the turkey coming down the road towards him, and kind of just stepped off the road and then shot it when it got in front of
2: him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know plenty of turkeys been killed that way. I, out know the rush of them coming in and you know making the right moves on him, doing everything. Yeah, and you know as well as I do to kill a turkey, everything's got to fall into place, and you got to have a little bit of luck on your side. <sighs>
0: That's, I guess, the one thing that I'm missing out. I still have yet to kill a turkey. Uh, really? Yeah, dude. I try every year. You got to talk to them about
3: going out with that old boy from Quaker Boy.
0: So, when I lived up there, I actually went out uh, on a guided hunt on the on Fort Campbell, the army base, yep. with with a pro staffer from Quaker Boy. Still couldn't kill a turkey.
2: Dang. Yeah, you might be running a little short on the luck aspect. No, no like you fault. All the you need. Well,
0: and I can tell you, I know it's, I know it's luck that I'm, I'm running super short on with the turkeys, and it's because when I showed up, because we had like a dinner to go to the night before, and that's yeah. where I met my guide, and I meet him, and I'm talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, we've got, we've got training area seven. He said, "I'd already gone out there, and I've got three gobblers. I know where they're roosted in this tree." He said, "We'll be back here by eight o'clock." I was like, "Cool." So I go. To, I go pick up my area assignment, nine alpha, not oh, seven. Man. So I walked over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then see that's it's the luck aspect. I walked over there and said, "Hey, uh, this says I got nine alpha, not 7. He says, "Well, have you ever hunted nine
1: alpha?" <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
0: Uh, he, you know, but no. I learned a lot from that guy that day and it's no fault of his own that we didn't kill a bird. Uh we had a bird coming in and at that time that was like a three hundred acre piece and there was one other guide and hunter on it and they actually cut the bird off of uh cut the bird off between us. Um and I thought I was gonna I may have prevented murder that day after that other guy had cut that bird off. Uh, <laughs> that
3: but, was a good chance. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I've definitely I, I've, I've spooked my share and had them just not not happen the right way or you know luck would have it same thing you know you get another hunter out there with you and he's calling to him y'all don't know each other's there or, you know me trying to work the same bird and he just kind of spooks and goes the other way doesn't like what he's hearing yeah I mean it it happens fast for sure
0: I mean I put in the work on public land in Georgia roosted a bird got set up two hundred yards away in a little clearing where he could come down hit the Thicker woods go straight to where he was already. You could see in the leaves where they'd been scratching. I know he knew hens were in that area. We had the decoy out before sunlight. Got him to gobble once on the roost, and then quit calling. And he'd gobble every about five minutes, getting steady closer every time. And okay. he was he was about a hundred and fifty yards out, and I hear this old clapped out Chevrolet, and I know it was a Chevrolet, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Here he comes down to down the dirt road right at sunrise. Bop, 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 and then I hear him stop because he sees my truck parked, and he
4: yep, yep, yep,
0: yep, yep, out the window. Out the truck window. And then uh, <clears throat> that turkey hammered back at him, and then
1: <laughs> down the
0: road. And then later yep, on in the day, yep. <clears throat> he drove towards the turkey we he heard it gobble from, uh, and that turkey just turned and went off into the swamp. Later on in the day, yep. I hear that same truck coming up. You know, and he's like y'all hear any birds this morning? I was like, nope, not a one. He's like, dang. Yeah. He said, dang, I I had one goblin, and I don't know what happened to it. I said, yeah, we did have one coming this morning, but some idiot came in at sunrise in their beat-up truck. Uh-huh.
2: He's like, man, I hate
0: it when that happens. I'm like, yeah, me too. And <laughs> he just drove yeah. all down the road.
2: Yeah. <laughs> ain't, a, ain't a thought in the world crossed his body. He might yeah. have been that truck. Yeah. He yeah. Yeah, had no clue. Man, I tell you, them public land hunts are – Some of them can be really fun and exciting, and I tell you, we hunted Osceola out there in Baker County, uh, me and my cousins, and I'd go for two months before turkey season and find where they've been struck, find where they're gobbling at. I'd hoot owl for, you know, I'd go right, right at dark and try to locate birds, and it's the same way, you know, you can scout a bird and have him dead to rights and know where he's going and then you pull up the next morning open morning and somebody's sitting right there in the same spot i know we had one man me and my cousin we uh we got there at two o'clock in the morning and i had watched this bird and watched this bird and watched this bird and i knew where he was flying down i said we're not even going to call we're not going to set decoys i've watched him strut in the road for the last three weeks and sure enough, we eased in there and we we crawled through the sticker bushes. I mean, thick, thick stuff. We was on our hands and knees. We crawled about two hundred and fifty yards often down in this thicket and he was flying down on a little tram road. And uh for some reason, you know, daylight come, he gobbled on the roost about two or three times. The cousin looks at me, he goes, Let's call, let's call to him a little bit. I said, No. I said, He has not changed his pattern, not one time. In the last three weeks, I mean, they were still strip marching the road where he was. That flew down on the other side of the stand, and we never heard from him again. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, just... I, you know, out of all, I, I, said, I, I said, I know he didn't see us. I know he didn't see us. I said, out of all days, he's going to change his pattern first opening morning just like that.
0: Boy, well, just like last year, Jordan had watched birds go to roost more than once in the same tree. I went out the day before season opened, verified they were roosting in the tree still where they where he saw them go to roost. Watched them fly, watched them after they flew down, milling around in the field in one spot. I was like, all right, perfect. We're going to set up right here because the bird either has to go around and end up in front of me or come right across in front of me. There's only two ways to get to where he was. Yep. and. I said, that's where we're going to be. So we went in there two hours before sunrise with no flashlights. Comp- I mean, pitch black, dark, no moon, nothing. Running into spiderwebs, sticks in the face, whatever. Sunrise didn't make a peep, nothing. Right at the crack of dawn, he gobbles on the roost, 15 feet to my left.
2: <laughs> not
0: Not 150 yards to my right.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he
0: hit the ground, gone. As soon as he oh, hit
2: the yeah. dirt just
0: wobbled, and i was like you know what I, I can't win for losing man but it's okay I, I mean i still go about once a year uh and i learn <laughs> something new every year and i got permits this year and i'll go i mean i got over easter weekend so automatically i've got good friday off of work so i'll be out there good yeah. friday and saturday uh and then uh well, here's one sunday i'll be at the house but i, I don't know
2: that's yep no we uh I hunted public land during deer, deer season this year, and like I said, "There's there's ample amounts of it." But my big challenge this year is I've never hunted turkeys up this way. You know, I've hunted the North Florida birds, I've hunted the Osceola's, Central and South Florida, and I was asking a fellow up here, I said, "Man, I said, how do these turkeys act up here?" He and well, they they gobble and come to you. I said, "Well, I know you ain't never turkey hunted much, so that ain't always the case, you know." <laughs> and you ain't hunting roads up here more than you are. Hunting down in the bottoms and the draws and right. up on top of the hills and stuff. And I'm like, you know, is it better to get down in the bottoms with him or is it better to stay up on the hill? I say, you know, I, I, and it's kind of win, lose, or draw because if he's in the bottom and you try to get down there with him, you, you're taking a chance of him seeing you coming in. And then if you get up top of the mountain, you're almost eye level with him if he's down in the bottom. So it's a. Uh, I, I think I'm going to approach it this year just by staying off of them, let them hit the ground, and then work them, see if I can get to them or get around them. But you got, you know, Florida, you ain't got no mountains to cover your tracks. You can't really go around them unless you go around the entire block. But we'll be able to kind of work birds around a mountain here.
0: You know, one of the craziest things I, I would say coming from hunting in Florida to go to hunting in, in Tennessee um, was, for me, was I went out there opening weekend of turkey season one year. And it had yep. been warm. The turkeys were gobbling. Everything was great. Open in morning, dusting of snow on the ground.
1: <laughs> and here yep. we are, yep.
0: everybody's back in groups again. Yeah. Big old flocks yep. of turkeys. You're not getting these these gobblers pulling off hens and everything else. So that throws a wrench in the mix. Uh, you know people say that florida's weather is temperamental and it can go from a nice and i guess it is it goes from a nice sunshiny day to blowing your house down in 10 minutes and then 20 minutes later it's nice and sunshiny again but tennessee will be 75 degrees today and seven degrees tomorrow
2: buddy i'm gonna tell you uh last last monday we dropped eight inches of snow on the ground And Wednesday, it was negative 6 degrees, felt like negative 13 when I woke up. I got back. I had to fly down to Florida and see some family. I got off the plane Monday. It was 13 – or Sunday, it was 13 degrees. I think our high today was 60. Yeah. And it's it's so backwards, up and down. And with that January to March, you've been up here, you know, it can be 60 degrees or it can be 10 degrees. And March, it's wet all the way up through March. So it really makes it interesting. And you might get eight, 10 inches of snow and the next week be in the 70s. So, what
0: what kind of techniques do you like to employ hunting turkeys? I mean, everybody's got their own uh, way to go about it. And I've heard Jim ask several times, "What, what do you, how do you feel about cutting?
4: I picked that up from, uh, oh man, that his name escapes me, a local fella. Just. Does pretty much nothing but cutting. Uh, I remember talking to him. I don't remember who it was either. Bang! That's Lit- been,
0: been too long. Too many people.
4: Godly man, I remember that. Uh, oh my goodness, that's embarrassing.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. Fitzgerald. Ryan Fitzgerald, yeah. He yeah. was the cutting king. Yeah. That was about a year ago. Well, that was back at the beginning of deer season. Right before deer season opened. So it's been hmm. back in September. But well, what, what techniques do you like to employ getting turkeys? Or, I guess, have you employed in the past? Things could very well change for you there.
2: Yeah, no, things could definitely change this year. Uh, I've always been real soft. Uh, anything soft, like a, a small yelp, you know, if, if you do your homework right and everything goes into place, you know, I do like to hunt over decoys. Uh, just a, either a hen, a bedding hen, and a small jake. If I know I got a real big gobbler in the area, I I want to set up, and I, I like to stay put. I don't want to move a whole lot until I have to. Um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna hunt a big mature tom, I'm setting up a small drake and a hen that he thinks he can come in and take away from her, and just giving that hen that kind of sound that she's just kind of hanging out, and he's got her in the same spot, and he's going to monitor that hen. So when that gobbler actually sees him, he's going to go, hey, you know. I can either get her to come to me or I can go to her and take her away and run the Jake off. Um, just soft yelps, man. i that's always worked for me, just kind of a bread and butter, nothing fancy. I know guys that'll get out here spit, sputter, purr, and clack and, you know, fan on the ground and make a bunch of noise. And they're not used to that in my idea. They they're they're used to the woods being calm and quiet and it just being them out there. When you start adding too many variables you're putting yourself in a hard spot because now you got to keep that up. You got to keep that mentality, and he's already on edge. I mean, they're, they're, uh, any animal you hunt, I don't know what it is. And know when hunting season turns on because they they go from being calm and average every day to head on a swivel, and they're they are they are kind of getting away from their normalities. Um, so you, I put the least amount of pressure I can on them. Let them do what they're. It, there's certain times where I will get up and move and go but a lot of times I try to stay put because he's he's gonna eventually come back to his spot you know if you got him you got him dialed in and he's been running the same place he's gonna come back to that spot because that's his area and I've waited I've waited five, six hours for a bird to come back and only call once every 30, 45 minutes sometimes an hour and it's tedious and it's long but it's it's worked for me, just just staying still and being quiet because that he's gonna work around and then obviously any time you see a hen come by you're on the edge and kind of sit back and go all right you know cocky pistol it's fixing to happen, um, but I, just to, even down to calls man I I got guys that pull out fifteen mouth calls and they got this and a box call and fifteen and I'm like man simplify it, make it easy. Don't don't get overreactive. Don't get all bent out of shape. Let that turkey do what he's supposed to do, and let him come to you. That's what you're doing your homework for. A month and a half, two, three weeks outside of the season, you kind of got that bird dialed in. You don't want to finicky him up and give him a reason not to come to you.
0: Now I got a question for you, and I know, like in Florida and Georgia, I'm not sure about Alabama, but I, if I remember correctly, in Tennessee, they let you take the plug out.
2: Uh, I haven't done my homework on that, not yet. Uh, we still got about. Let's see, we open up in April. Yeah. So I still got a little bit of time before I. I'm, I, I'm right. always hunting with a plug in. If I need more than one, I, I'm already out of shape, not doing the right things. You know, because obviously I want to take one shot. Not <laughs> Better man down. than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. When that story with me and Jordan comes up, uh, you know. I, I had a loaded of boy, and I was fixing to use every shell in
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, if I, I, and I'm pretty sure I remember correctly, but you can take the plug out. And I, cause, and I remember that because I was floored by the fact that it didn't require to use a plug. And I had a buddy explain it to me. He's like, well, yeah, they're not a migratory bird. Yeah. And now I look at other states and I'm like, well, why the hell do I, why am I limited to three shells? They're not a
2: migratory that bird. That does make sense. I'm definitely going to have to look into that because I've never thought of it that way. Uh, that, that's kind of a. I'm going to have to look at the rule books on that one and uh, see what they say. Cause, I mean, I ain't saying I'm going to take three shells, but if I can take five, I might take a pocket. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Jesse, it, Yeah, I scare him up and he goes to flying. I'm going to have to sling some lead at him like a dog. You know, it man. might
4: be to avoid temptation in case that flock of Jake's comes running through. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got,
4: if you got the old snow goose. Uh, magazine extension on there you might i
0: think you're <laughs> limited to five i don't think you can just pack her to the brim
2: but it's yeah. like it's
4: like shooting coots once you start you can't stop
2: <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got 10 three inch turkey shots in there boy something's gonna fall over and start flopping <laughs> uh
0: well you know it's easy to to limit yourself on how many shots you take especially now when you're talking about putting five rounds in your shotgun at a hundred dollars for those five rounds
2: when you're no shooting kidding. that dang tungsten <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. That, Process of ammo is getting out of hand. Boy, I, I'm starting to take a little bit better shots and take my time. Not like I used to. Yeah, hey, you know, Back in the day, boy, that trigger's out there 70, 80 yards. I might take a poke at him. Man. I'm like, hey, let's see if we can get it 50 <laughs> at
0: least. I don't know, man. I had those uh, last year. I was using and I still have them. Uh, the Federal Third Degrees, I think is what they're called. They're copper-plated yep. lead.
1: And I had them okay. suckers
0: patterned it uh, hmm. inside of a 12 inch, uh, uh, the majority of the BBs inside of a 12 inch light up like the glow, sea glow targets, yep. uh, at 50 yards. In fact, Dang. I, sh- the first shot I took at 20 yards to check the pattern, I said, I better let him get to 30. because yeah i got it yeah
4: yeah you're throwing a softball at yeah i was
0: throwing a really tight pattern like the wad and everything was in there i was like yeah better not shooting that close i mean if i do i better make sure i got the bead right where i want it because i might damn near blow his head off yeah Yeah. i got a a
4: Muller choke story oh yeah i was out hunting passing birds and i had a, a ringer come down the side of the lake i saw him coming saw him coming and he flew right over me at probably no higher than the ceiling in the podcast studio here. And Briar's seen the picture of it. Pretty sure oh, that yeah. I'm pretty sure that Joker caught the wad cleaning the bill. Oh. Split his whole head right in half. <laughs> <laughs> Headless. <laughs> how, about, yeah, man. how about the two for tight, that one time? Tight pattern.
3: How about the two for on the, on the Whistlers that one morning? Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: That's right. We had Whistlers like flying over. Dumb. One shot, two Whistlers. Two of them dropped. Yeah. One dang. <laughs> J- Jimmy Muller can hold a <laughs> yeah. pattern.
2: Yeah, that, that, I've heard great things about the more. They, uh, I several stories about them knocking two over at once for sure. I, that's uh, so,
3: after seeing Jim shoot him in, in his shotgun, I'm, I need to get some of them.
2: Yeah. 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 I, you know, yeah, I
3: know
4: I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was saying, when I, when we chatted with no, him, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I listened to him and in, in this, his explanation about how things work made sense. And he's got the background as a, as a, um, what well, he's a rocket scientist of some kind, NASA engineer. Um, but I was still, admittedly, a little bit skeptical until I started. I mean, I started test, testing them out against more hens, and unfortunately, I I turned one or two inside out and was like, "Ooh, that's never happened before." <laughs> but then this duck season has really, uh, really made me a believer. You know, and you can't you can't necessarily figure it all out just shooting on paper because it's not just about you also have to deal with shot string. You know, it's not it's not just the what shows up on a one dimensional piece of paper. Right? It's when does the shot get there, how much gets there at the same time, and for whatever reason, man, that man's gotta figure it out or appears to. He, Enough of a commercial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I mean, his chokes aren't cheap, but no. no it's not one that you need to uh and the thing too is, he told us is you, you can take the tightest choke and still shoot buckshot through it. and You're not going to hurt your gun.
2: Yes. yeah. I've, the, his I've shot. I've always shot pattern master, and I've enjoyed the way pattern master shoots. I with my gun, I, I've hunted with the same shotgun for probably fifteen years. The old Stuger two thousand turkey turkey gun, and I've killed deer with it. I've killed turkeys. I've shot ducks and dove and everything else. You know, put a full choke in it and shoot my buckshot. But that Pattern Master with a turkey load for some reason, I mean, it reaches out there. Like you said, about 40, 50 yards, I'm, I'm comfortable shooting at them. Uh, you know, it starts to spread a little bit at about 65.
0: I got the Carlson's Longbeard XR. And it does. I'm, I'm happy with it. And that's why I shoot uh, ducks, too. I've got Carlson's chokes for that. and I yeah. never had a problem with them. I, I like the way they shoot uh, out, of, out of my gun. Um, but I just didn't, I don't, I don't duck hunt or bird hunt enough to justify going and spending the, the money on, uh, uh, weller choke. But if I did, I a hundred percent would, or if I shot trapper you, skeet, you know, yeah. because I do believe having that, um, quality choke is going to give you a definitive edge.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, one hundred percent. I think it gives you a vote of confidence too. Right. You you got that choke in there, and you're like, hey, I know my gun. If I do my job right, my gun's going to perform the right way, and, and it, it gives you that confidence to take some of those shots and you know put yourself in a position that if I get here, I may only get it. I may get in within forty yards, where I'm taking the chance of spooking him. But if I hang back and let him do his thing, you know, my gun will make the shot as long as I'm taking care of my end.
0: Right. Well. What uh, what do you, what do you think about turkeys getting decoy shy on public land?
2: Man is like I said, I hunted a lot of Osceola up in Baker, and I've seen both sides of it. Um, I it, I think if you have a good decoy um, that you dusted and got it to look like a true turkey. You, know, you pull that thing out of the box and blow it up, stand it in the middle of the road, he's probably going the other way. Uh, what do you mean by but just you get him out. So a lot of times when I pull my decoys out, I'll take them and I'll roll them in the dirt. You know, you'll know, you see the turkeys stand if they dirt on themselves. And, uh, look like they've been in the woods. You pull one out and that jerker's still shiny, still looks brand new. It's uh, I think it kind of throws them a little bit, especially if you're hunting on an overcast day and that bird's not supposed to shine, he's almost supposed to blend in and be a darker color, then he's going to get finicky with it. I mean, I'll take mine. I'll rub mud and everything else on them just to try to make them look weathered, make them look like they're supposed to look. But getting out on public land, man, it's really hit or miss. It's it's kind of one of those things where you can, you can put too much out. I mean, I've hunted with just a, a hen just trying to get his attention and get him to come to me. Or like I said, you can throw that Jake out there or another Tom decoy and he gets like where he wants to fight. I think it, it becomes a lot of what mood that bird's in. I mean, because I've hunted the same bird all season and never got him. And I've hunted one bird and had another one come in up in the morning that I didn't know was there. And they do see them decoys. Like I said, I don't I do not do a whole lot of talking. I kind of let them, let them work themselves and try to get in between them you know if i see a flock of hens that are out by herself and i know that god is going to be here somewhere around them, he's coming to them at some point in time um it's 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 really i, I don't know that man turkey hunting is so baffling and humbling sometimes it really can it'll get inside your head and make you think and you start wanting to do too much you know sometimes too much is going to hurt you and then sometimes not enough you know you Think back, and you're like, man, maybe if I had a decoy out there, he would have come on and committed to coming in. Um, <laughs> it, it really goes both ways, bud. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, I personally will hunt with them, but when I get to, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, if I want to see something, I'll have a de- two decoys out. But even some of the the middays, if i got to get up and make a move, I'll take them decoys and throw them in the bushes, and then I'm just on foot trying to cut them off or trying to get around them get ahead of them if i think they're going to a certain field or going to a certain patch of pines or a bottom um i think kind of that by midday you ain't hunting with decoys no more you're you're getting away from them and you're trying to cut that bird and stay ahead of them and that's when you really don't do a lot of talking you want to just kind of watch them and watch how they're working see where they're going
0: now are you hunting public land this year up there or you got a piece uh, of permission land or you got uh, enough property you live on
2: no well, i'll be hunting public land this year um uh, i got 850 acres right down the road from the house that is uh mtsu property and then we have about six thousand acres up the road uh it's beaver dam management area uh that that mtsu property it's it's not a lot of land but from what i've been told it don't get hunted real hard but there, there's one set of power lines that runs through it, but the sage is probably head high. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be really, really tough. And you can't hunt the roads, obviously. We're, we, we're not hunting roads on public land. Um, but it does have some big bottoms. It has some open areas. I've found a couple of hillsides where it drops down almost 100, 150 foot, and it's on a steady decline. That, them turkeys will walk the top of that looking down in the bottoms. So if you catch them up on top of the hill – I found some open spots. That uh, that beaver dam property is probably going to be my bread and butter. I'm going to use that open in the morning. Uh, they got a bunch of short saplings and big heads out there that are cut all the way around where they went in and cut the trees and uh, probably two, three-foot-high saplings that I know the birds are going to use to get across when they fly down, get across the roads and go into bigger patches of pines. Uh, I'm going to try to hunt the bottoms this year, man. It's, it's the – that public land and getting down in the bottoms, uh, the turkeys are trying to hide away from everything. Some of them thick, brushed-up bottoms are probably going to be a little bit of where I'm going. Did you do any deer hunting up there, year? I did, man, and I had a terrible season. <laughs> I had an absolutely horrible season. We uh, I hunted those same properties. And I'll tell you, opening morning of rifle season up here, I hunted both seasons and seen some does. It is crazy. Like, you talk about the choke thing. We can – in Hickman County where I'm at, you can kill three does a day from opening morning to the end of the season. You can kill two bucks a year, but you can kill three does a day. And i tell you, opening morning of the rifle season, you couldn't go 150 yards down the road without a truck surrounding that entire property. I um, mean, I had I – I was sitting in the stand. I had a climber up, and during peak of rut, right during – uh, we we hit it about the first week of gun season peak of rut i had two guys come in with me with about four head of hound dogs running squirrels mm-hmm. and walk right up underneath my tree stand and i'm like you gotta be kidding me man but that's you know that's part of hunting fucking plan you can't tell them when their season starts either yeah and they're gonna hunt where they've been hunting um yeah i i seen a couple little bucks. i seen one little eight point and there's a Big farm that surrounds all this property. That I've talked to the owner of it. Boy, I told him, I said, I'll come out here and cut hay with you if you let me hunt that property. I ain't got in with him yet, but I'm still working on it. Uh, We've been trying. They got, I think they got about 27,000 acres on the peninsula. And uh, he showed me some pictures of some bucks they've killed out there, man. He's got one, I think, that went 210, probably 210, 215 that he's got hanging on his wall. I mean, there's some monsters around here, but. They, uh, <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, it, it, it was rough, dude. I <laughs> ain't mean, no big deal I, in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they all went extinct, or they went out west, or something. Because I didn't see too many this year.
0: <laughs> oh man, I got some public land. I'll, I'll tell you about before, once we get off here before we let you go. When you need? It's not. It wouldn't be super close to you where you at, but it ain't really far either. Uh, Listen,
2: I'll, I'll I'll drive and do some hunting now. Right? I ain't even scared of that.
0: <laughs> uh, but. I, hell, I enjoyed the shit out of it. But let's, let's get one, one more last turkey story in here now that Jordan's finally come Mm. inside down before we, uh,
2: switch. this is a good one too.
5: Yeah. So this all started because I had a night class at Lake Sumter and it was me and one other, what everybody else in there probably would have called a redneck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And some,
5: uh, Very estranged folks. And we stepped out for break one night, and he says, hey, you hunt around here? I said, yeah. He said, you want to do some turkey hunting? I said, yeah. So, you know, we didn't necessarily go to public land. It was just... uh, Semi-public.
2: Yeah. It was public to somebody. Yeah, Yeah.
5: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we tried... We tried this one spot, uh, and there were some birds gobbling, but we didn't hear anything. I said, I tell you what, I know where some birds are, but this place is kind of sketchy. He said, all right. So we pull up. Well,
0: that one dude said he's okay, didn't he?
5: Yeah, well, he, we pull up, and he hits a call, and the gobble. And then we come over the hill. We're in an abandoned subdivision. We come over the hill there, <laughs> and there's a county truck parked out there. And we walked up to him and like hey man uh we do some hunting out here you mind and he's like oh, i don't care and he's like i'm pretty sure the guy that owned this place like just up and left never said anything i think he said i think he moved to ohio he said it doesn't matter to me yeah, well he was he was just it
2: was definitely a sketchy situation. <laughs> yeah
5: he's just some hourly county guy that hiding
4: in there.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> Hey he was probably back there scouting birds and we all rolled up. On <laughs> <them. Yeah. laughs>
4: I killed a turkey on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> man.
5: But, I mean, listen,
4: listen. So
5: I knew where these birds always hung out. Yet to the back of this there was a retention pond. And you would go down the retention pond and come up the other side, and it was kind of like open down through some trees there, and the birds were always on the back side of that pond. So we go, we go down and come back up across the other side of that pond, and uh, I think you even peeked up to see if the birds were there, didn't you?
2: Yep, that's right. I got out and uh, no, no, we come over top of that hill and they were standing down in the bottom of that pond. Oh yeah, that's what we it couldn't was get out, we couldn't we couldn't get out of the truck. And I was on the passenger side away from the birds. And we're debating on how we're gonna how we're gonna attack this for sure. And uh, we kinda of, we were sitting in the front seat of the truck and I said, Man, what if I just kind of kind of slide out the passenger door and crawl down the side of this bank to where I can get to them? And I'm pretty sure I called you on the phone as I was crawling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, tell me where they're at. Tell me where they're at. And he's like, they're are going up the side of the hill right there. I'm like, oh crap because once they got up on top of the hill they was eye level with me i'm like crap so i eased on down there was a road and it crossed right there and then there was one that went straight off and kind of went down and i i got into my ear on the phone and i'm crawling with a shotgun and a turkey vest on and I'm him like, he said they're going up the hill so i'm army crawling on down this thing he said "Birds standing right there in the middle of the road and no longer than that thing, he gobbled and it rung my ears. I mean, I couldn't have been 25 yards from him. I couldn't see him. Just could not see him. I'm going, where's he at? I can hear him. He's right here. He said, he's right there in the middle of the road. And I look up and take he's looking at me. I went, uh-huh. oh, crap. Boom. And just shot him. And he went to flopping. And I don't remember that county man sitting by there. So he heard us right off the shotgun. I'm like, the cops are on the way for sure. Like, we're going to jail. <laughs> We're definitely – old turkey's kicking. I think I got called up on my arm because I didn't
5: – Yeah, he cut you
2: when to you went flopping. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He, he cut my arm all up, and I was playing baseball at the time, so I would explain that to the head coach. That was always pretty cool. He, wife, I used to like you got to fight with a razor blade. I so said, I kind of did. <laughs> but, yeah, we – uh, no, I grabbed that joker and threw him in the back of the truck, and he's still flopping in the bed of the truck. I'm like, let's go. I picked up an old shotgun shell when I ran off. I said, we ain't leaving no evidence. We was here. <laughs> <laughs> I think
5: that bird ended up having, what, like an 11-inch beard on it?
2: Yep. He had uh, about 11-inch beard. I think he had about one-inch spurs so on it. That was actually my first Osceola bird. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure in the bottom of that pond, there was a cul-de-sac down there where they had already paved the road and had yeah. curbs on it. They just never built it. Yeah. They was all strutting in the middle of the cul-de-sac. I'm like, this definitely is not legal, but yeah, I, I'm ready to kill a turkey. <laughs> yeah
5: hey the birds right, were that,
2: there that was, hey they were that you didn't lie you put me right on them bud i mean we drove right up to them like they was in a pen he said well i guess get out and go try to kill one i said well, you stay in the trunk you open their door they definitely take it off i said maybe i can slide out this pasture side door well, that was one of the most interesting hunts i've ever been on boy we are uh, we had us a ball that day
5: I tell that story all the time. I'm like, dude, no sooner than that turkey hit the bed of the truck, that truck was in drive, and it was probably in drive before hey, the turkey ever hit the bed of it. I,
2: I'm pretty sure you were on the brakes waiting on me, because I come <laughs> running back across the road, and I got the turkey one hand, a shotgun, another, and I'm like, oh, we got to go. We, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of them jump the fence moments for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right, I dude, I tell that story quite a bit. I have guys that ask me about turkey hunting. You know, yeah. being up here, being with the music stuff, you, know, you get guys, well, you hunt, yeah, I hunt, you know, do this, and you get to tell them stories. They're like, I want, I want to go turkey hunting. A lot of them don't turkey hunt up here, it's uh, just not that I've met. And they either go to Texas or you know, these musicians they get to go everywhere. Uh, they're like, Yeah, I tell them, tell them that story, and they're like, You really did that? I'm like, Listen, we did some shady stuff, <laughs> killed some birds yeah, I mean, you know, you <laughs> y'all get... don't know.
0: You get young and dumb, you don't ever worry about how much a ticket costs or what kind of trouble you're going to get into mm. until you get a little older Then you're know, right. like, you know, maybe that's it not what Yeah, expensive.
2: Tickets and turkey shops, real expensive. Yeah. No, we uh, – yeah, definitely now I think twice about doing something like that, especially after passing the county man. Not knowing if he just made a phone call to a local game board and going, yeah Hey, y'all, wanna, uh, you want to come check these boys? Hell, I don't want to. I don't know that I even had a license. Of them. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Hey, Listen, buddy, we in college, like you said, and it's a possibility we didn't because, hey, we was going to get in trouble either way. Moss will go all the way and not spend the extra $100. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, know. you
3: spend the money just for him to take it, anyways?
2: Yeah. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I tell him now, I'm like, y'all catch me, like, just don't take the bird. Write me the ticket. At least let the people bird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, hey,
0: hey. best part about, you know, and I don't know why, but you still get, even when you got your license and you know you did everything right and everything, every time you walk around a corner and see the game board and you feel like you did something wrong.
2: Yeah. Hey, but I still, I still cut trail. I don't care. I don't. Care. I'm gone, <laughs> ain't nothing, ain't nothing me and that man got to talk about. I can promise you that.
1: Yeah.
0: Last time I ran into the game board and there wasn't no avoiding him, he was on the one spot we could get in and out of where we were hunting, and that was it. And that's where the yeah. boat was parked. Yeah,
5: I don't know who you think <laughs> I am, but I'm not
0: him. Oh, yeah. He's just, <laughs> I'm talking to him. He's like, have I? He said, have I talked to you before? I said, I don't
2: know who you think I am, but I ain't him. <laughs> hey, I'll I tell you a story, man. I bought a boat probably four years ago. We were out here on Black Creek. And uh, coming through a wagon home right there in Middleburg. And I was doing my Duke jumps. We wasn't catching no wake. All of a sudden, he whoop, come on over here, boys. It was me and my cousin, Junior Higdon, and uh, we got over there. I said, man, we weren't throwing no weight. He said, I know. He said, but I know who you are, too. I said, oh, crap. Oh, no. (laughs) He said, said, how was your hunting season? I said, well, it went pretty good. I said, we killed a couple deer. I "I I think it was right there coming on turkey season. He said, you want them Higdon boys, ain't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, I know your daddy and all your uncles and your cousins. I said, well, if you know us. That probably ain't a good thing. Was he in a good way or a bad <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. He checked my boat, thought I had a rifle with me or a shotgun with me because I was going turkey hunting somewhere on the creek. <laughs> oh, man. I, was, I said, man, I jump a fence, but I ain't shooting one out of the boat.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, you didn't, I mean, I guess you did kind of go to Nashville for work, but not for to work in construction and build bridges.
2: Um, Man, I, yeah. yeah. We, uh, I came up here chasing music, boy. We, uh, and it's crazy. I've been up here, uh, since August 1st, uh, 2022. And, you know, I tell you what, music is not a profitable job unless you you make it big. So you got to pay the bills. And I enjoy building bridges, I enjoy the guys I work with. Actually, my superintendent is from Callahan, Florida, which is only about 30 minutes from where I'm from. But we are, uh, we are definitely doing the music thing. we working with Brian Martin right now, which is a pretty significant name around. He just played the Opry not long ago. Uh, we got some stuff coming out this year that is going to be pretty significant. It could be a little bit life-altering. We have uh, – Working with some guys and like Kelly Daniels and Brandon Bing, they're all associated with Kowats On them, uh, got to meet him this year. He was or, or last year, he's stand up dude. He, he's wild as a banshee, but he's a stand up dude. <laughs> uh, I got to meet the old old duck man. Got to meet Riley uh, a couple times. He's he's a pretty cool dude, man. Actually, a buddy of mine that we just finished writing a song a couple weeks ago. He wrote "When She Comes Home Tonight" from Riley Green. And uh, we're we're working, man. It's uh, the music thing is fun. It's it's definitely enjoyable. We're playing a lot this year. I'm actually trying to work on some stuff to come down to Florida. Uh, where we're going to play some shows down there, and then going to Maryland this year. So we're we're busy, man. It's it's nice because I don't do a whole lot of the performance side. We we play the writers rounds up here, and we enjoy it. Uh, but I do a lot of writing with different guys, and man, we got some stuff coming up this year that. We're gonna get a demoed out and probably cut about four or five of them, and I believe they're gonna take off pretty good.
0: So, do you get your do you get inspiration from time in the woods when you're writing songs?
2: Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, man. I, 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 several songs I've written have been sitting in the woods, here, deer hunting, and uh, you know, you know as well as I do. If you're in the woods, you got time to sit and think and reflect, and you know, get right with yourself and kind of calm down. And I have, I've written several songs in the woods. You know, you sit there and think about some of your life decisions. You think about some of the things that you've done, some of the things you wish you would have done, uh, some of the things that you want to do, you know, aspirations and other things of that nature. And I, I, I've i written probably 50% of my songs in the woods and I'm in Rattles Rounds and writing with people three or four times a week. And I, I mean, I, I wrote one called the power lines that i'm we're trying to finish up now and it's it's specifically talking about if you're from florida you drive you like to hunt when you drive by a set of power lines you gonna look both ways and see if there's anything (laughs) standing in the power lines you know even if it ain't hunting season you might know where to go kill a bird or find a buck next year when hunt season does come back in um but there's a lot that comes from being in the woods and and just having that time of yourself and thinking about things in a way that you wouldn't normally think about it sitting at the house or working around the yard or being at work. And you, you can definitely you can come up with a lot and think about a lot to put into those songs to make them meaningful. And that's the one thing you have to do when you write a song is make it meaningful. So somebody's gonna call you on your bull crap if you you write one of these pop songs that don't have no meaning to it, don't have any any weight behind it. And when you you sit out here by yourself, anything that you think about is definitely gonna have some weight to it and it's personal to you,
0: so I got a question and this is kind of a loaded question. you really don't have to answer it if it's conflicting for you but because it's you you obviously want to hear the songs you've written, played on the radio um because that's I mean it's how you're making money right but that's right, how do you feel about? the country music that plays on the radio on today's country radio
2: um man i will probably never write anything that's actually played on the radio to be honest with you. just <laughs> uh, it's it's not my type of music i have nothing against those guys and they've made a living off of it um but i'm not i don't think those songs hold weight kind of like i was talking about they're they're popular and they rhyme and they sound good and the people singing them i'll tell you too man look the music industry is a very, very political place. And if you're not in with the right people and doing what they ask you to do, and to the extent of it, selling your soul to them, they have ways of keeping your songs from being heard. And that's why I'm a very big advocate for the individual artists, the guys that do it themselves, the Brian Martins, the Cody Jeans, the, the uh, Cody Johnsons. I mean, them guys, they paved the way for individual artists independent guys and i think that's and their, their songs i mean cody johnson's made where he has some really good songs and he will talk about things and he sings them in a way that they can't be played on the radio but you got your your co and your your texas guys and your cody hey, james you and your you brian martin no. and those songs will never be played on the radio and that's perfectly fine because the way that it works now if you can get something to blow up on social media and get people influenced by your music it's just as easy to take off you just have to do it on your own you gotta like I'm
0: doing you're exactly right you can look at the perfect example recent example would be Richmond north of Richmond oh yeah
2: yes sir yes sir
0: and that one just
2: took off from TikTok, (laughs) blew it and that's all it is I I I I
0: bet that's a one and done He's got quite a few good songs. No, though.
4: no, no, no. What I mean by that is all those platforms want to be able to maximize their revenue streams. So you, it, it, they have probably figured out a way, I would think, to lock a guy like that down. Like it starts taking off, they'll start buffering it unless you pay for play. Oh, sure. Guaranteed. But,
0: the, I mean, TikTok has actually got quite a few people discovered in the music side of things. Uh, oh yeah, uh, pro- and I think really because the majority of their videos, their short videos, and they ninety percent of them all involve music of some kind. Mm-hmm.
5: Like That's you right. get
0: views on TikTok just by playing the right song or the right sound with your video, not necessarily the Correct. content of your video. Uh, and I, but no, you're right. It's it's going to be a paper pay pay to play ordeal. It's like you know any time now you want to go make a new social media page, well you're about fifteen years too late. Because right. everything you're not gonna get views without paying for it. I mean, we just had a post go pretty good the other day on Facebook and the whole time.
5: It's at a hundred thousand three to a hundred thousand people now.
0: And generically and Facebook is still trying to push, hey if you pay ten bucks we can expose your thing to six thousand more people. I'm like well, why? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. What why why no, and that's that's a big part of it, man. Like I post uh I post a lot on TikTok as far as when I write a new song, it usually gets posted there. One, because I want the exposure. Two, the writing credentials, nobody can go back and say, hey, I wrote this song X amount of time ago. Before he sang that, he stole that from me. It's kind of one of those copyright things that you learn how to do too. Um, but yeah, definitely when people start you know, doing duets or reposting your song, that it's, it, that it blows up from there. And that's one really cool thing about it. You don't have to be on the radio to be heard anymore. No, you
4: I can tell you, you go in there you.
2: and you you do stuff like that, and they if you have the right content, the right song, or even you know the way you guys are doing this, and it's awesome. I watch y'all stuff pretty regularly, and uh, they. If you have the right content and you portray the right things, people will follow you and they'll tell their friends about it and it'll come across. And the more people watch it, the more it gets exposed, and the more potential you have.
0: The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in a hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at
5: hangfree.co. <laughs> I, You know, I was I was going to say when, when you were, you know, kind of talking about TikTok and music and all that stuff, man, like you've said several times, it really comes down to a song that holds weight. Like, if yeah. you can make a man feel that in his heart, he's going to play it on his radio 9,000 times and scream it at the top of his lungs everywhere he drives. <laughs> Once, oh, 100%.
0: I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say I can't remember the last time I listened to the radio, but I actually can. And I drive an older model work truck and the last time I listened to the radio was today uh, when I got in. I don't have Bluetooth, so I got one of those little things you plug in and it broadcasts, you can broadcast a Bluetooth signal across an FM station. I could hear a radio station coming in kind of scratchy right before I plugged that sucker in the cigarette lighter. <laughs> Other than that, I stream music.
2: I, it's been it's been years since I've actually listened to regular radio. Just On because <laughs> it, when you can Bluetooth or put USB in and go listen to the stuff that you feel and that you want to hear, not what the radio station wants to play, then you can you can get your element. Especially like driving to work. I drive an hour, fifteen minutes from work. I can get in that element and I can play with some Cody Johnson or I can play some Brian Martin or I can play some Co-Ed, so and get where I want to be driving. When I get to work, I'm happy. Boy, that radio goes out. I'd hate to work with me, because I'm, I'm an irritating rapper working with <laughs> <in> me, <laughs> I can't jump out of the truck and be ready to fight.
5: It's crazy how music like, changes a
2: person's mood. Yes, 100%. Man, that, that's kind of the reason I got into music, obviously. I started playing when I was in college, and the reason that I started playing was because when I would listen to songs, I'd listen to songs before games, and the Getting that right head space, and I'm like, Man, it'd be crazy to be able to do this to somebody else like to be able to influence somebody's mood to the point where they were, felt like a better person or wanted to do better things like to be able to do that amazingly. And uh, it's it's a really cool idea. And that's when I started playing guitar and several years later, I started writing my own songs. And it's it's been I, it's, it's been life altering. I mean, I never pictured for one day I would be playing in Nashville, and I played probably six shows in the last two weeks, and they're all my songs. They're songs that I've written, which is uh, it's humbling, really. I mean, it, it really brings you to the mindset. And Some of the people that I get to be around, I mean, some of them are going to be stars in the next year or two. Some of them are some of the best writers in Nashville, and you're around these guys every single day. You know, I'm I'm down in the – we don't do Broadway. In Broadway is not the place to go. theatrics <laughs> uh, yeah, to me. But you do the, the music row where they have all the writers' rounds and they have a bunch of very talented musicians that you probably will never know of, but are behind the scenes to everything that you hear. You know, those guys are writing all the content for it, and then you see the one face and the one sound that you associate the song with. But in the back of my mind, if you hear that, whether I'm singing it or not, it's still just as good of a mood, just as good of a feeling to know that, hey, you know, I had a part in writing that song, and you hear people sing it to you and you're like, you know, I wrote that song. They're like, really? Like, no, I thought he wrote that song. I'm like, he sings that song. I helped write that song.
5: Yeah. Right. So, so
2: it, it's, it's cool.
5: When you say help write a song, are you like, you know, somebody's got this idea for it and then gets a couple words out. And is it like, hey, that says this, but I think it would sound better if
2: it said this. Yeah, man. It's, uh, so when you write, I mean, I've written a bunch of songs by myself, and even a lot of them I write, I'll take to people. And, you know, guys that I trust, guys that I write with. I have a write tomorrow with Brandon, Brandon Bing and Brooks Herring. And uh, me and Brooks wrote a really good song that we're going to cut this year. Uh, but a lot of times you want you want to get different looks at it. I mean – just like how we're talking about turkey hunting and everybody's throwing ideas out there and going, what if we did this? What if we did this? How do you feel about this? You do the same thing with songs. You know, you got to sit down with one or two other guys and you throw this idea out there, whether it's a couple words or an entire song. And you throw the idea out there and go, hey, you know, what can we? how can we make this the best possible song that we can make it? And I'm, I am I got to do that tomorrow at like 4 o'clock and we'll write for sometimes two hours We'll fiddle with it and drink a couple beers or some whiskey and hang out and go, hey, you know, what if we did this, what if we did that? Or sometimes we'll stay for 10 hours. Um, a lot of songs are written in a group. You know, you get the popular and the big songs that are taking off with BMI and all the pop guys. There'll be six, seven guys in a room sometimes. Um, we like to keep it at two or three, and I only rock with people that I like. You know, we can't go out and drink a beer together. We're not going to try to write a song together. There's no way, you know. It's just we're not on the same wavelength. It's not even worth troubling with. But the ones that you do enjoy being around, you can sit down and I've we've written songs out of nowhere, just talking to bull crap. And me and Ryan Nelson wrote one about Jacksonville and about running from the cops. And uh, <laughs> it's because like we song. were at a bar one night. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's he's going to put that one out this year too. But it was uh. We were talking about going to jail. I said, man, I said, I've been myself a couple times. I said, well, we got to get better at getting away. And he kind of looked at me, and I was like, write it down. We'll work on it tomorrow. He's like, all right, <laughs> all, right, all, right. Said, all right. We actually got a really good one out of that, me and him and his roommate. So it, it's funny the way it works, man. And I've, I've learned a lot about how it works and the way everything is. My first year was nothing but learning. Like, I couldn't beg to play somewhere. And – uh after your about your first year, if you're you're in it and you're doing the right things and being humble, I mean, I get I met some musicians that are way above me, I'm Aaron Lewis and Chris Young with all his stuff going on right now, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I we're doubt hearing he about agrees with day, you on man. that, but. <laughs> oh no, he. uh It just came out. I read about it today and heard some <laughs> stuff. Uh He's not in trouble at all. I oh, think I, they're gonna. I, I, yeah,
0: not after that Wait. video that just came out, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hope so.
2: What am I missing?
0: No, he got arrested, uh, and they said he was what assaulting a police officer.
2: Uh, uh, it was assaulting a uh, ABC officer, the yeah. alcohol uh, people oh. that were coming in to check, and he tried to stop the guy walking out of the bar because I guess, he was trying to talk to him, and the dude just like shoved the crap out of him, and they locked him up for it. So it's, yeah, it's he's been, uh, he's standing in line
0: as he walks past, he like sticks his hand out to like, get his attention yep. and touch him on the chest. And when he ran into his hand, the dude shoved him across the room. Like knocked him down to the
5: floor. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd be was, ready to fight was, then, too. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, bud. I, if I was him, I'd have been definitely out of it. But he did. A Does charges. it work
5: like rap or when you get street cred that your music builds up? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, how, how many music artists do you know that are independent? And they got bug shots. Yeah, I know I, mean,
4: I got mine. <laughs> ask Waylon. You know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean,
2: a... you don't want too many of them, but one here and there thrown in the mix. Kind of gives you a little credit. Mean, one just got – Don't got... y'all
4: think this – don't y'all think this outlaw shit has done got out of hand? I can't <laughs> sing, but... <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's right. That's right. Johnny
4: Paycheck. Yeah. He went to jail for Except murder. Except yeah. Johnny Paycheck was a dirty bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, dude. I've heard some stories about them guys, and they were a, they were nasty, son. I mean, like we thought we were outlaws growing up, we ain't had nothing on them boys.
3: <laughs> Johnny Cash really did get David Allen Coe out of prison. Yeah,
2: yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That is, uh, them boys, that outlaw group, there. I don't, nobody will ever touch them. No. I mean, just some of the stuff they did. They were rock stars singing outlaw country did. music and did not give a crap.
3: I think it was on Amazon. Did you ever see the uh, Tales from the Tour Bus? No. Oh, you got to watch that. Especially I, the country. Have you seen dude, that?
2: That's a, that's a fun show to watch. You'll <laughs> hear about a lot of stuff. Will
3: and, uh, Will and Jennings was one. George Jones. Um,
4: Chris Christopherson.
3: No, they didn't do one with Chris. Oh, they didn't? No, they did Johnny they Paycheck. Did, Who they I did missing? Merle Haggard on one of them. Yeah. Um, what was the other? I can't think of his name. Crap! He wrote. I, he wrote I, a lot of songs for Waylon Jennings. Uh, oh,
2: I'm drawing a blank on man, that one. But oh, no, nah, them, them them boys are rowdy. I oh, mean. Yeah. Look, my favorite one is the one about George Jones. Oh,
3: that's a good one. That, yeah, that
2: joker didn't care about nothing.
3: <laughs> Nothing but that liquor bottle.
2: <laughs> yeah, boy. If they if was, was liquor involved, he was in. That's it. Yeah,
5: Talk yeah. about writing about a life you live, though. Uh, I but, mean, yeah. I one mean, way to get inspiration, hey, I guess. Uh, yeah. Why
4: but, do you drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: That's, I
0: mean, but, Why, you I mean, know, I don't know that I, there's plenty of them that have miss shows because, because they're, they're drunk and, or high or whatever else and passed out.
2: Or, or it was
0: hunting season, but I was I was going to bring up. Uh, oh, Hank! It, it wasn't it wasn't Hank that I was thinking of. It's uh, Oh, No Show Jones. Oh, uh, Snowball, what's his name?
4: Jerry Lee. Uh, Jerry. 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 <laughs> Jerry, yeah, Jerry Reed. Or Jerry Reed not showing up to a show because the fish are That's biting. Right yeah he was, they, they had studio time rented for him yeah like he's in there supposed to be cutting tracks and like where he's like fish are biting
2: yeah <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. i mean them boys they they did what they wanted but you couldn't touch it and they, that's the one thing when you write honestly and self-reflect and write about stuff that you've done or thought about or you know that's that's when you you don't get fake songs you get songs that touch people and people are like man I've thought about that, too, or I've been there, too, been down in the dumps, and we got one that's called Killing Myself Quickly, and it's about drinking and smoking and partying all night and everything else, and it's like, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And I know people that just relate to that. They're like, man, I've been there, too. You know, they like, I-, I love that song. You know, that's probably one of my best played down here. And they, they truly do love it. Most of them are like, man, we're doing the same thing. We just didn't want to tell nobody. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, how are you looking on time for work? We're not making you later, are we?
2: I am, uh, I am fixing to have to get out of here, fellas. Well, let I me, before
0: before we, uh, before we let you jump off here, where can, uh, where can people
2: find your music right now? So I have one song published at the moment on Amazon, uh, and you can find that on our Apple Music. It's on Spotify. Uh, if you want to look up a lot of my stuff that's going to be coming out this year, we're going to do a lot of publishing this year. Uh, you can find me on Dakota Higdon TikTok, uh, Dakota Higdon Music. Uh, I have also have an Instagram that everything is linked, and then Facebook. And I'm not that hard to get a hold of, even if people want to reach out and talk. Like, I'm always there. I answer as much as I can. I stay pretty busy, uh, but I answer as fast as possible as I can. But I know... My, Mostly everything goes to TikTok first. That's kind of the platform that's popping for musicians at the moment. So if they look up Dakota Higdon Music, that's where you'll find me.
0: i tell you what, if you'll send me some links, I will put them right down in the podcast description. So they don't even have to look you up. They can just scroll down and click on them.
2: Absolutely, bud. I will, uh, more than likely, I'll send those to you first thing in the morning. And uh, We're fixing to get cut out of here, head on out to the roadside. Uh, but I will definitely get those to you, and we can link them up.
0: Well, y'all have fun be safe yeah it
5: sounds like a plan yes okay. sir
2: fellas y'all take it easy i appreciate you having me y'all keep up the good work, man we'll talk to y'all soon yes That's sir
0: cheap. we'll
5: catch you later all right all right all right, all
0: right. Uh, the... turkey hunting troubadour
4: yeah turkey
3: hunting troubadour there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right yeah. <laughs> <that> the turnpike <laughs> troubadours
4: yeah, the, 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 <laughs> i mean yeah, while the turkey hunting troubadour <laughs> yeah. Don't y'all think this outlaw shit is done got out of hand? All right, I better shut this off before Jim gets to singing
0: too much.